0: We are back. Unfortunately, we're back um, a little later than scheduled, but we are back and we're ready to jump right into conversation with our amazing guest today. Super excited to have her. She's such a phenomenal person. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of have her on the show and why I was deeply connected to her is because she's a youth in, you know, in a movement, and that's just very different because you know you have a lot of more voices um, coming at you smaller and when you're younger and being able to kind of block that out and really fight for what you're passionate for is it's just something that's very inspiring to me and I can know be very inspiring to you. Um, so we're just gonna wait a few seconds and see let her join in and then we can start the conversation around education. Oh that's that was a good rhyme hello Yay. everything worked out (laughs) yeah me too i'm so sorry that i'm late i
1: i should have asked about like the time zone and i completely forgot about that so when i woke up i was like it's so early here what does she mean it started and i was like oh my god like we have two different time zones where are you um i'm in seattle so we use pacific time yeah so it's always a lot earlier here than it is in other places
0: oh yeah so like how many hours behind are you like what's the time right now
1: okay um right now it's uh nine.
0: Oh my gosh i'm so sorry no Damn, it's so okay i so okay. no, <laughs> should fine. have like totally rescheduled that i think maybe when you said 11 you were meaning like 11 your time versus yeah that's, so, like, that's what my i meant. Time. and i forgot that where do you live cst so texas oh oh mm-hmm. okay
1: all right that's cool
0: yeah but it's super (laughs) exciting to have you here and i'm so excited to kind of jump into the conversation about like education and how that kind of works but Mm -hmm. first i want you to kind of introduce yourself because i only know so much about you but um yeah um,
1: well i mean i think y'all already know my name It's Kittis. um i'm the co-founder of our organization black minds matter um, I do a lot of community work around education, justice. Um, I work with other organizations, um, about, you know, food sovereignty and just building an education system where we no longer, and I don't like reform because it doesn't mm-hmm. work, but like an, like an abolitionist education system mm-hmm. where there where so where we, um, where we adopt like restorative justice um you know uh what what's the other one uh <laughs> transformative justice where we um adopt these like these ways of educating one another in you know living with one another and um learning with one another where we where we center um black and indigenous and mm-hmm. students of color um because right now as you know like we have an education system not even just in america but globally that's very eurocentricized and that doesn't work for all students mm-hmm. um and also the way we started is just like uh demanding for equitable fundings because you know our district has a really Um, bad issue with not giving certain schools um, the money that they need in order to stay open or the money that they need just to, you know, to learn. Um, My school, I think, is the blackest school in our state. But it's also one of the most underfunded schools in our state. And that isn't a coincidence. You know, that's done strategically. Mm. And, um, I remember how we started off uh, one of our favorite teachers was getting her position cut along with so many different teachers and I remember just thinking to myself like something really has to be done um and just trying to figure out ways like what can we do because this um this fight and having equitable fundings in my district isn't something that I started it isn't something that my friends and I started this is something that's been going on for decades especially in our school um you know from almost being shut down in 2003 by the district and having to have community members and parents fight for our opening um, to Mm. to stay open Um, and something that's happened like consistently um, over time. And so like, it was i came up with this idea of having like this by poc led movement like youth led movement because mm-hmm. oftentimes when we have these um, conversations around education it's always adults making these dis- exactly. decisions mm-hmm. it's always adults making decisions that will never ever affect them because they already mm-hmm. went to high school they already mm-hmm. got their degree and their diploma you know so they're just chilling and a lot of these Um, adults are politicians, Mm -hmm. so they don't have, um, our best interests at mind. And so that's when I came up with this idea of having like, um, a youth led movement as opposed to having, as opposed to having, you know, adults, um, lead these conversations Mm -hmm. around education, justice, food sovereignty, um, restorative justice, um, and, and all these other things. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I started off, um, uh you know, advocating. And then now um, I I am a part of different other different organizations. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of the organization Feast, which is where I learned more about food sovereignty and got into my work there. They're um, a really, really cool organization based in Seattle um, that pretty much just talks about like uh, bringing healthy eating options to schools so that students um, see not only like healthier food options, especially for black and brown um, and indigenous folks, Excuse me, indigenous folks, but also bringing like healthier food um, that is a reflection off of our culture, because we spend Mm -hmm. most of our time in schools and school should be a reflection of, Mm -hmm. you know, our at home environment so that we see that we're represented in the place that we spend most time in Um and so I've done a lot of great work with them. They do so many other things. They're trying to bring, um, you know, clean water to schools, uh, which is something that my school doesn't really have. Um, And Mm -hmm. if you, you know, my school, Rainier Beach High School, we're surrounded by a bunch of different um, uh, fast food restaurants. So like, if you check like, on like, if you literally walk out my school, you'll see like 20, 30 different like fast food restaurants and only one grocery store option and that is super duper expensive Mm -hmm. and when you look at my school's like demographic where we're over 70% low income and below Mm -hmm. poverty um and we're like Mm -hmm. 98% students of color like it just doesn't add up for why this food it like the only option that we have is eating healthy it's so expensive leaving us no choice but to turn to unhealthy food options and then when you Mm -hmm. take like when you go like a couple miles up from our school up to North Seattle, they have sushi bars in their schools. You know, they have um, like Hmm. French cuisine and, you know, sushi bars and like chefs and this and that so why can't we have that we deserve to have that as well um and I'm also working with the NAACP Youth Council um which is also another really really great educate uh not it's a really really cool organization that also works Mm -hmm. on like education justice and has demands but that's pretty much the work that I do in general yeah
0: Wow, that was a lot.
1: We <laughs> yeah. have a lot of
0: questions now, because I love that. That's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. so impressed by your work. Um, you. But just to, like, start off, can you mention the name of the organization you work with again?
1: Um, the, which one? Uh,
0: the one that, not the NWACP, the one that you work with. Oh, FEAST. And all that. Sorry?
1: Yeah, It's FEAST, but with all caps. So, V-I-S-T. No, FEAST with all caps, so double- Oh, So, S-E-E-S-T.
0: Okay. Okay. So like feast, yeah. like food feast, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Great. But then, just to kind of like, um, be more um able to connect to our listeners. So, what do we mean when we say education justice? What do we mean when we say food sovereignty? What do we mean when we say restorative and transformative justice? What okay. does that mean? Yeah.
1: So it's a lot. That's the thing. It, it's a lot. So when we talk about like um, abolishing systems mm-hmm. that are oppressive and have had oppressive histories, it's not an easy task. And that's mm-hmm. why it's taken so long. It's not an easy, easy task, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. But mm-hmm. there are so many different um, specific like entities within schools that just need to change from the mm-hmm. way that we discipline students. Um, uh, if you've... I, I uh, from the way that that's what we talk about when we say restorative justice mm-hmm. so you've probably heard this conversation around like prison abolition right um yeah. That a lot of different school uh that a lot of different now with um Black, mi- uh, black Lives Matter, um, regaining, you know, uh, uh, you know, public awareness, um, we're seeing these conversations about like abolishing prisons, because prisons, the majority of people in prisons are folks who are who are being charged with nonviolent crimes, um, yeah. the majority of people in prisons are folks of color, black folks, indigenous folks, and, um, you know, the majority of people in prison are also doing free, you know, labor, which is slavery. <laughs> um Mm. so when we talk about like restorative justice and not have and and, and, like disciplinary let's just focus on that specific part in education you know why do we have police in schools you know um Mm. especially in a school where it's predominantly black we know that police have um a history of uh, like a very oppressive and violent history with, um mm-hmm. with students of color, you know, when we see like stories like Trayvon Martin, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, all these other young, um, you know, black students who are, who are, you, you know, who were young, um, who were killed by police. It's like, why would you bring that into a school where the majority of the students are students of color? Why would you intentionally make them feel uncomfortable in a place where they spend hours learning in Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because if there's a police in my classroom the last thing that I'm thinking about is the math quiz that I got you know the Mm -hmm. the thing that I'm thinking about is like do I look threatening to this person you know um do do you do are they threatened by my presence do they Mm -hmm. think I'm dangerous like how can I not be dangerous -hmm. those are the things that that a student should you know worry about so when Mm -hmm. we talk about like restorative justice um how do we how do we uh make sure that there's safety within our schools without bringing police into the situation Mm -hmm. because police don't really prevent situations if we're being realistic they're really Mm -hmm. there in the aftermath and most of the times they just make situations worse than they already are so how do we make sure that students um get the justice that they deserve but by doing it in a way where um but by doing it in a way where it's like restorative, in a way where both parties are listened to, in a way Mm -hmm. where both parties um, are acknowledged. And then also when we think about police in schools, that's like literally the epitome of the school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. You're preparing black and brown students to go to prison that's really what you're doing Mm. you know students who are and i don't like using the word innocent because i don't believe anybody should be in prison to be completely honest i think we need to adopt new ways of um you know restoring like public safety but like why are we preparing little children to you know to being why are we preparing them for being inmates you know why are we preparing them to having a life in prisons Mm -hmm. this isn't just that's not what justice looks like um Give me one second can you close the door (laughs) that's my baby brother (laughs) okay okay go to lydia and i'm gonna come back okay close the door close the door thank you um i apologize for that um but just like thinking about things like that um you know like also thinking about like who there's a conversation around like there are a lot of people who are opposed to like having police in schools. They're like, okay, but who's going to keep us safe? Who's going to stop school (laughs) shooters? So when we look at the statistics um, are the majority of police in schools in white schools? No, the majority of them are in black and brown schools and are the majority of people who, you know, um, commit mass shootings at schools, black and brown. No, they're white students. You know what I mean? So yeah. even if even if it was supposed to protect students, they're not even in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. not even in the place that they say that they're trying to quote unquote protect us in. And so that's why I just there are so many reasons that goes into that. But um that's like one specific thing that I can, you know, think of. And then we also like go into this conversation of um like the hyper, you know, uh the just the adultification of black youth and mm-hmm. how we aren't held to the same standard as white students and oftentimes we're just adultified and we're looked at as dangerous um oh. you know uh we're we're looked at like our our melanin is really just looked at like as a weapon and so mm-hmm. when we um i know we uh in my district specifically um I forgot what school it is, but there was a school that was under FBI investigation because in just one year, they um, called the police on little black elementary girls like over a hundred times. Like they made the majority elementary school, elementary school students. We've had a case where a fifth grader. How the cops called on her because a black fifth grader um had the cops called on her because she looked dangerous to um to to the teacher and so it's like Mm -hmm. how does a fifth grader look dangerous to you and then also why is your first instinct to call the police on a little elementary school student Mm -hmm. you know um and uh When we think of situations like that, it's like, especially Black women, Black little girls are very, very over policed and oftentimes are the majority of students who get the police called on them. Mm -hmm. I I forgot what the exact statistics are, but um, later I can link you to a very good documentary that you should watch that Mm -hmm. pretty much um, breaks down like the school to prison pipeline, but um, specifically for Black girls and Black students. which is really 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 interesting to me um but you know specific things like there's so much that like I can't even cover but um when we also talk about like food sovereignty it's also like we look at you know as young um at, at a young age we're taught like you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day um you know the food that you eat you know will give you the energy that you need to get through your day and um you know just eating healthy food so that you feel energized, that you feel productive. But it's Mm -hmm. like having, you know, greasy, um, you know, food that is constantly um not a reflection Mm -hmm. of your cultural identity like that doesn't really help you you know and um you know we we've done with feast we've done a lot of different um studies where we've seen like how many students even at schools eat the school lunch that's provided for them and a lot of students don't they'd rather just starve and go on with their day and not be productive rather than eating the school food hold on give me one second (laughs) (laughs) let me just get my come on (laughs) let's go
0: Wow, that's a pretty. That's, and I see this kind of predominant in in my school at least. Um, I had like I only had two. I we had two cops at my school, and I didn't really understand. Um, what you know, if that was a lot, if that was a little, my school was in a predominantly black community, and it was very diverse. But um, I don't, you know, I I know we have so many different experiences, but then I don't even remember, um you know how did, did how did the interactions between black kids in our school versus um the police and so it's very interesting it's kind of your, your perspective with um the interaction between how the black people in your school are treated with the police because i had a very diverse school versus you that had um a huge predominant people of color like poc a lot of kids are poc mm. in your school so that was very different mm. from what i had but then it's pretty it's it's interesting to hear this and that's what i wanted to do i wanted to really listen to your perspective and your experience Uh uh-huh yeah
1: yeah sorry i I had to kick my brother out of my room yeah no but um yeah it is really interesting to see like how schools vary um you know Mm -hmm. from school to school from state to state as far as like education like demographic goes Mm -hmm. but um i think that like when we when we have these conversations a lot of people think okay so we're only going to abolish the system for specific schools and then maintain the system for other schools because they're Mm -hmm. not having an issue and it's like it shouldn't work like that you know um because when you're not abolishing this eurocentricized system for white students, then you're leaving an opportunity opportunity for them to practice white privilege and white mm-hmm. fragility and white supremacy you know mm-hmm. you're you're teaching them to not be um, you know uh, racially competent you're teaching them that it's okay to be racist um if it's in their in the privacy of their own homes mm-hmm. or if it's in the privacy of their own schools you know what i mean um mm-hmm. So, like when we have these conversations, we really have to be aware of like what is it that we mean um and and like what schools are are given these opportunities I think that 's also why equity comes in because it 's like equality is cool and all, but I think we 're coming to the point where yeah. we need equity because it 's like. <laughs> Certain schools don't need what other schools need and yeah. certain schools lack what other schools don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. like if we're gonna talk about fundings, if you gave my school one million dollars and you gave a whole different school that's like up north Seattle a million dollars, it's like it's gonna benefit them more okay. than it would benefit me because my school's PTSA funding only has zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas schools literally uh a couple miles from mine have like three point five million dollars in their pta funding Mm. so it's like if you gave them that million would it really be productive yeah you know what i mean why don't you just invest more money into those specific schools that have more needs that need more money um so just having conversations like that Mm -hmm. making sure that like we're we're providing this money in like an equitable and just way
0: yeah um and something you mentioned that i just love is the difference between equity and e- equality i am mm-hmm. like when people mention oh we just want equality even in the feminist movement i'm like mm, if we wanted equality we should have started from the beginning of time we've right. lost the time we can to right. say oh, we want equal resources for women and men we've lost that we don't exactly. that doesn't work for us anymore because we've been behind and so not saying you want equal it's just not going to bring us where we need to be so you exactly. can only be equitable or we cannot move forward but exactly. then i do have a question now about like so we have talked about this issue so like how is how how are we moving forward how are you moving forward with like black um black is it black minds matter now or is it black and brown because yeah. i saw the it's message so, and i was like
1: <laughs> it's black minds matter now yeah. okay
0: black minds mm-hmm. matter gotcha because mm. i remember i saw some your um the organization statement about that and i was a mm. little like okay so is it black and brown okay so how are we moving forward with black minds matter and with your work with the nwacp with feast how how is all these issues kind of connecting with them and how are we moving forward to make things better
1: Okay, so we have a bunch of demands um, and I'm working on a campaign currently with uh, the rest of the organizers in um, Black Minds Matter, Mm -hmm. with Woblock, with Beast, and so many different great organizers and organizations um, locally to have to push for our demands to be um, acknowledged and to be funded. Um, I don't know if you heard, but we recently had a really, really big win where um, our campaign Mm -hmm. started off by trying to get police officers out of schools. And we finally won that. And now there are no longer going to be police officers in Seattle Public Schools. There's no longer a contract between Seattle Police Department and Seattle Police uh, and Seattle Public Schools. Um, So that's a start. And that's a win. So now we think, okay, so where is all the money that was used to fund the police positions Mm -hmm. in schools going to go now? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when the um that's when we think about like demands and like funding and how to do these in equitable ways. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, we have demands of having restorative justice. We know that like you can't just like get rid of police and then leave people hanging, like you have to have ways of, you know, ensuring public safety, um, which Mm -hmm. police don't do. And so that's like through restorative justice, having conversations, having restorative circles, where, um, you know, the two parties who maybe had conflict, can, you know, talk with each other. And so money would go through that, so now we're trying to focus the six hundred thousand dollars that's left over um to different mm-hmm. demands one is like getting a restorative justice practitioner in as many schools as we can mm-hmm. especially schools that need them because uh, again equitable um equ- equity yeah. um, having them and in how like does a- that
0: look like how would a restorative justice practitioner look like is that a lawyer is that like who a restorative that- justice
1: practitioner isn't not necessarily a lawyer I don't know like the entirety of it um but that is something that I'm learning more about but like a practitioner is somebody who is well versed in like how um like how students work you know it's somebody who's willing to listen it's imagine like a therapist but somebody who um somebody who can sit two people down who may have had conflict and like ask each other like hey, like, how did you feel when this person hurt you? And, you know, why mm-hmm. did you hurt this person? And having conversations, because oftentimes we don't, when you really think about it, we don't have conversations in yeah. our legal <laughs> system. Like, it's kind of like, oh, you did something bad. You know, you're a bad person. You stole, you're a bad person. So you're going to go to jail. And it's like, okay, but the majority mm-hmm. of people who feel it's because they don't have the means to mm-hmm. provide for themselves, to give themselves their basic, the basic necessities that are like human rights, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like menstruation yeah. products. Food, you know, housing and stuff. So it's like having those conversations so we can really understand why this person may have hurt us. And then also asking the person like, what does justice look like to you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's like mm-hmm. the legal system consistently decides what justice looks like for us, but sometimes justice to them isn't justice to us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so having those conversations, that's really what our practitioner would do. So um one of our demands is like having a practitioner, having um, you know, with thieves, having clean water in all schools, because child, the, the water in my school is it's brown, it's dirty, it's not mm-hmm. clean. Um, you know, having clean water, having healthier food options, um, what else, having uh ethnic studies and um gender studies, so that we can have a curriculum where you know where we learn about our own history, you know, where we learn about you know um you know gender beyond the binary because Mm -hmm. when you really think about it it's like Mm -hmm. transphobia and homophobia and you know um you know misgendering and all of this it it really stems from white supremacy like Mm -hmm. these are byproducts of white supremacy and white incompetence um and you know now is ingrained in our culture and and the way we live so having um things like that uh you know there are so many different demands but um those are like some of the specific demands that we have set up already Uh um that we're we're planning on you know on funding yeah
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely and thank you for bringing up the idea of white supremacy because i know when i talk to people about white supremacy when i talk to people about privilege they get it's it's something that people feel very attacked by and i think Mm -hmm. it's just it's not it's acknowledging that it's not personal but then it is you know it's like you're in a position of privilege but it's not we understand that you, at first, you didn't put yourself in a position of privilege. Like, you didn't choose where you wanted to be born, right? You didn't choose the school you had to go to. But um, it's understanding that you have it, and then you have to... It's the conversation around how you use it is when it gets personal. And the exactly. conversation around how you, you, use, you deal with white supremacy that you have... That's, ha- when, it gets that's personal. when it gets personal. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, But that's an amazing conversation that you just mentioned. But then let's kind of talk about you getting started with Black Lives Matter. Black minds matter. So, how did you get started? That because I know it started last year, I believe. Um, yeah.
1: Uh. Yeah. So, so like, how uh, did you start
0: to get started? Organize your team. You know, how did you, you know, finally put things into motion?
1: Okay. So, um, again, uh, this was like towards the end of the year when we found out that um one of our teachers was going to um get her teaching position cut and um one among so many different teachers. Um, <laughs> when we found out that um. Our sophomores the next coming year um, we're not going to have a full year of history but rather just the semester of history mm-hmm. because there wasn't enough um, money to teach a full year, which is an issue you know what I mean especially considering mm-hmm. like history is a mandatory like a uh, class and a mandatory subject to take in order for you to graduate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like acknowledging that like these oppressive systems are satisfied with black students and brown students getting literally the bare minimum. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Their potential yeah. is like, okay, we can at least let them graduate high school, but, you know, forget ever going to college, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or being prepared for that. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is a big issue. So I remember it was like the last state school and we were just sitting in um our like last classroom. Um, one of our favorite teachers has made waffles and chicken so we were just sitting and I'm like eating the whipped cream I'm just like we need to do something about this like we, mm-hmm. we have to do something about this because mm-hmm. this isn't right and it has to definitely be a youth-led movement because I'm tired of these decisions being made by adults who really yeah. um who you know teachers teachers most of the times do understand but when I say adults I mean like district and board members because mm-hmm. they're politicians you know what i mean they're not yeah. they don't have our best interests that mind and it definitely shouldn't be a teacher's job it really shouldn't be students jobs either because this is something that, like the district should be able to provide for us but unfortunately like the responsibility is now ours because people aren't Mm -hmm. doing their job. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where I was like, okay, we got to have like a youth led movement. And so then I came up with this idea of having like, a protest on the first day of school, where Mm -hmm. it's like, we're not gonna, we're gonna walk out of schools on the first day and tell you like, we're not going to start off the next year, like Mm -hmm. we started off last year, like that's, we're not gonna do that until our demands are meant we will, you know, um, protest and we will gather students across the district to come and join us because it's not fair that you expect us to start that off this new year with the um, with the disguise that it's going to be new and it's going to be great Mm -hmm. when it's like okay it's new and it's great for white students but it's not new and it's not great for you know black and brown students especially Mm -hmm. in south Seattle um so that's when um I came up with that idea I told one friend of mine Angelina um and a couple other friends of mine they unfortunately didn't you know become the group of organizers that we now Mm -hmm. see and didn't really help out I mean I told them the idea but Um, that's when I had the idea and I kind of I kind of like throughout the summer planned some stuff on my own you know kind of like wrote some stuff about how I wanted this protest to look what demands I needed what demands I wanted Um, and then uh, that summer was also the summer that I went to the ACLU Advocacy Institute um, in Washington DC and so we had like homerooms where it's like where we were with people um and then we had other homerooms where it's like where we were with people from our own state um, mm-hmm. and from our own city. And so that's when I met um, Davy, which is one of the other members of uh, uh, Black Minds Matter. And she was telling me about like where she's from, and the work we do, uh, she does. And I was like, you're from Seattle. And she's like, yeah, I was like, that's crazy. I cannot believe that we literally live in the same city and like we yeah. haven't met each other this long and i told her about my idea and she's like that's so cool it'd be so dope if i could help and i was like dude that'd be so cool mm-hmm, if we could help. Mm-hmm, like I yeah think, i think we should work together i already about- like. <laughs> on board Betty Angelina and Betty I've already known I've gone to uh, middle school with Betty Angelina mm-hmm. and I met you know in the beginning of high school so I was like I already got like two people on board and then Rhoda which is our other member I met her um, on the airplane actually coming to Washington mm. we talked a little bit I didn't see her again and then I saw her again um, at the Institute uh, where we were with people from our own state and I was like telling her about this idea and she was like you're from Rainier Beach I was like yeah she's like I literally live across the street from your school I was like how do you live across the street (laughs) Uh from my school and I've never met you this is crazy this is not okay Uh and so that's when she was like okay we definitely need to do some work so I was like okay I think we got a team already right and so after after we were done with the ACLU Advocacy Institute we only had like a, a month left less than a month left um and so we started holding uh meetings in our local library um we would transition from like you know, um, you know, the Beacon Hill Library to Rainier Beach Library. And that's when we kind of brought things together and really made things into motion. And then we, you know, had our first protest, which was amazing. Um, We spoke and we gave our demands and we had support from community members and other students. That's when we were like, okay, so this can't be a one and done thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to just listen to one protest the students lead. Like, this has to become a movement. So we're like, let's make an organization black minds matter yeah and so that's kind of that's where how it started
0: that's how it started that's amazing yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i just really wanted to mention that how it started because a lot of people think all these organizations even black lives matter as big as it is started mm-hmm. in a grandiose way and literally yeah. just that's with someone that had an idea that shared it with someone else and shared it with someone else and they were like okay let's do it exactly and, then they started. Exactly. and so yeah so it's so important that we I really wanted people to kind of know that so that they can know that um if they have anything they're passionate about, if you feel like you want to get on board with someone else, then do so. But if you think that what you're seeing is not what you wanna see, then start your own. Right? Um it's not right. it's, if they're not gonna give us space at a table. We have to create space for ourselves. And that's right, so create important. our whole
1: own table.
0: Yeah, create our own table. Exactly. Create right. our own table. And that's just so important. It's something that you did. But personally, going through this process of starting your organization how was it for you like you personally you know how were there people that told you not to start it they were like well uh colleagues will look at this and be like you know mm-hmm.
1: like yeah it's it, it was very i'm not going to lie it's very it was very difficult and it still is very very difficult like mm-hmm. this was my first time ever creating an organization um and same with everybody else on the team Mm -hmm. so it's really been like trial and error throughout like this entire process Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's like little things that we haven't even thought about when we first started and a year later we're still figuring out these little things Mm -hmm. right like yesterday we finally decided okay we should maybe have like an official meeting date for the organizers which we (laughs) have for like a a year and a half you know Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah like it's it's constantly like trial and errors you're constantly learning it, it's very difficult as for like people who discouraged me there were actually a lot of people who encouraged me a lot of teachers think, yeah um, a lot mm-hmm. of students um but i think a lot of it is like support can be like hey you should start an organization but it's like I, I asked a lot of people like hey can you give me resources as far as this goes can you help out with this and that and people make a lot of promises you know
0: and then don't do it Yeah. <laughs>
1: is it working uh,
0: uh, uh. now yeah it's working now mm-hmm. well you're a super person though
1: okay good uh-huh okay um so pretty much just like uh i was just acknowledging that like uh sometimes like uh, there there was a lot of lack of follow-through you know when you get your mm-hmm. when you start an organization um of your own you probably know that like there's a lot of like yeah. lack of follow through sometimes people and i'm not saying like it's their fault because my head be all over the place, too. Mm-hmm. But it can get a little bit, you know, annoying sometimes, uh, yeah, which was like, an issue that I ran into when I first, first started this organization. Hence why, like, we started off with a much bigger group, but now it's only just, like, the four, the five of us, um, because we're, like, the ones who, you know, kind of stuck together together. Um, mm-hmm and have stayed resilient throughout this uh, process. Um, but it has been difficult. Um, but it's also been really overwhelming. And it's been very, very, like, awesome. You learn so many mm-hmm. great new things. You connect with so many new people. And you really I see, really- like, you really have a voice. Like, you, you mm-hmm. truly do. And a lot of mm-hmm. the times, you don't even realize it because of these institutions that silence you and convince you otherwise and convince you that you don't. And even if you have a voice, like, it doesn't matter. But you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this process, like, I don't even know how to, like, explain it because it's just been amazing, like, throughout yes. this journey, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I cannot, It's it has to be. I cannot, like, I connect to you so deeply on that level of, like, starting your own thing and, right. you know, like, there, there is a lot of downsides to it. Like, like you said, it's trial and error. Like, you're literally picking mm-hmm. yourself and learning as you go. And you just exactly. have to embrace it. You just have to be like, you know if i post this like for example if you if i post this and they say this someone criticizes and said it's a problem with it i'm just gonna change it and move on with my life like i'm not right. really scared of that and so that and it's a lot of like not working like oh being fearless because i don't really like people saying that but it's working in spite of fear it's like challenging exactly. that fear and saying okay. i'm using that fear to funnel my work and to do my work as an activist exactly. not, No. okay so now kind of talking about like future wise as we're kind of rounding this up um what what is life looking like what, what do you see yourself kind of doing in the future personally as you kind of go forward in this movement and what that, do you see- <laughs>
1: that's a question that i that i despise but it's <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> catching up to me um i don't really i mean obviously i you know still want to do this work and i, I still see black minds matter um, still being an organization in the future, even when I'm an adult. Um, I really, you know, we're working on expanding this so that it isn't just a Seattle thing, but we, you know, mm, hopefully I'll and eventually it. have it expand all the way to like the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I see that in the future. But as far as like, um, I don't know, like I, I just want to keep organizing and I just yes, want to keep, keep doing the work. change. And that's, like, really all that I can, like, think about. I guess, like, mm-hmm. going to college and also doing, doing this work as well, mm-hmm. um, which will be cool. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. The future is going to yeah, bring what they, it brings.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, lo- I, I, you've, you've taught me something now, though, because, like, you're right. Think, thinking about the future with this kind of movement makes it feel a, lot, a little more daunting. It's, like, enjoying mm-hmm. the process. Enjoying the fact that you get to have this conversation with me. I get right. to speak to about education. Um, enjoying right. the fact that you're, you know, organizing. And that's what you love. And you love speaking like that. So, yeah. I th- learned that. I probably won't ask anyone else what's the future like. But I'll ask them what the process is like for them now. Um, but this is amazing. <laughs> Do you have any other questions? Do you have a question that you think you wanted me to ask you? Um, that um, you wanted-
1: I don't think so. I think, <laughs> you know, we've got
0: through all of it. Yeah. Yeah absolutely and i just one of the reasons i'm I'm so glad i had this conversation with you again because of education like a lot of people education looks very different for a lot of people education looks Mm -hmm. very different for me like we had two cops in my school and they were literally best season people and i used to yeah it was like it's a different conversation that's actually that's actually completely no because that i'll say one more thing
1: like um Uh that's actually an issue that we ran into with this entire like situation Um, where we we tried to get like cops out of schools, but Mm -hmm. a lot of parents were like, oh, but they built a connection with my child, you know, and they're like a mentor, but it's also like acknowledging that like police aren't there as mentors, and that's not what their institution was built for, you know. Mm. Police, that's an institution that was built on slavery. Um, Mm. It's an institution that was built on the intentions and still is built on the intentions Mm -hmm. of incarcerating and killing Black, Indigenous, um, and people of color. So it's like, it just doesn't make sense for them to be at schools and then it's also like when we think about like mentorship position positions like why don't we start funding um and investing in like actual mentorship programs where mm-hmm. their job is actually mm-hmm. and literally to mentor you know students mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is like an issue that we constantly ran into and then it's also like when you say well my child built a connection with you know a cop you're mm-hmm. you're failing to understand that like yeah your child may have a connection but that's privilege for you to feel comfortable around them at the um, cost uh, for somebody else to not feel comfortable
0: comfortable. you know what
1: I mean and a lot of these people were like well my child built connection with like you know an officer these were white parents but it's like okay so is your child having a police mentor specifically a police mentor (laughs) more important than the safety um, the psychological and you know physical safety of a black student like Mm. no it isn't and it's like if you want a mentorship program it's not like we're saying no mentors period yeah. like we're providing mentorship programs to come but mentorship mm-hmm. programs that are actually built to mentorship students and mm-hmm. to um and to specifically like black um you know and uh people of uh people of color mentors um just just like thinking about that acknowledging yeah. that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, which is a conversation that we had to have uh during this entire process yeah. and it's still a conversation that we have
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely and it's a conversation that's just endless and it's also important it's just about caring deeper which is what we're just trying to enable everyone to do right care deeper exactly. because the world is just so much bigger than you and it's so easy right. to kind of say oh but then i mean it was fine for me and you know just shut yourself off but then that's not the way we as a society can move forward well thank mm-hmm. you so much <laughs> this <laughs> is amazing i'm, I'm so I'm happy, happy yeah, thank you. I mean, thank we're gonna you. keep in contact. We're always gonna keep following you here at the United States with you and walking you. with you as you go on. Um, thank, thank you so amazing. much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming, and thank you for everyone who joined. Have a nice yeah. rest of your All right, you too. Bye.
1: Have a great day.
0: It was nice meeting you. It <laughs> was nice meeting finally. <laughs>